the Apollo Podcast Network. Alright, welcome to Cash Landing, the show where we fall ass backwards into the money and you get richer just by listening. I, as always, am your host, Ben, joined by my highly esteemed co-host and newly engaged co-host, Aaron. If you're wondering why this episode is going out a little late, it's because we couldn't record last night. We're recording on Saturday afternoon instead. Aaron had a had a major life decision to make, so uh, I just want to start this off saying congratulations, Aaron. Uh, pretty exciting. Thank you. Uh, it means a lot coming from my buddy and uh, my co-host here. It was a big night, uh, and I'm excited to you know, be able to do the podcast on a Saturday, a little busy last night as I broke it to you earlier in the week. That was, that was pretty <laughs> that was, funny. Yeah, that was pretty good. He was just like, yeah, we're probably going to need to record on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Got plans for Friday. Sorry. Yep. And of course, plans on Thursday too. Uh, uh, you know, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Uh, how was yours? Mine was, mine was all right. We just had a few people and some food. It wasn't really anything special, you know, with the, with the year that we're having. Yeah, we had uh, just our immediate family, so we kept it pretty small, but we did have a lot of food. Uh, it was all really good. Um, the games uh, were decent. I, th- I mean, they're both kind of blowouts. It was a bummer that the Ravens Steelers got moved back, but uh, I tweeted out uh, Texans minus three against the Lions. That was a big fat W. So uh, maybe some of our Twitter followers took advantage of that one and uh, made their Thanksgiving even better because Deshaun and our, uh, our Deshaun passing stack, we would have definitely been on, came through. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this was like 15 minutes ago. The Lions just fired Matt Patricia and their general manager. I did see that. Yeah, rest in peace. That's That was probably a much-needed move. Patricia, I mean, when he was first thought to be you know available to become a head coach, I actually thought he would work out just because Patriots defense all these years, Belichick, all that stuff. I actually kind of thought he would be a good hire, but it did not work out at all. Yeah, no, it didn't. The, the Texans have now slain two Lions. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just weird. Like, how is Adam Gase still walking around as a head coach? Like, well, I mean, I, he's, I, I can't get over that. I mean, they need him right now to ensure they go zero and sixteen. He's kind of like their most important <laughs> guy in the organization right now, right? They they can't afford to lose him and accidentally win a game or two and not get Trevor <laughs> Lawrence. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah, that's how I was. Uh, spe- speaking of losing, we uh. We had a pretty bad week last week on our on our bet segment. Uh, I mean, it wasn't horrible. I think I I cashed one out of three. I don't. I, I'm, did you cash one out of three? Yeah, it was it was horrible, dude. We it was bad. I lost all five hundred dollars. Um, oh really? Yeah, you lost one twenty, so not near as bad as me. But yeah, yeah, it was definitely our worst week by far. Many pods ago, when I was on fire, I joked I could literally lose all five hundred dollars multiple weeks in a row and still be up and. I I started uh, I did that this week by accident. <laughs> I don't plan on repeating that, but uh, it did happen, and it's not going to happen again. But yeah, man, that was just a horrible week for me. Uh, the Dolphins really let me down. I I doubled down on the Dolphins in two different bets, and yeah, last time I go against the Dem- uh, last time I go against Denver at home, probably for a while. I just that was probably a bad call. I just I really can't believe the one time that the Texans actually do it is the one time that I bet against them. Yeah. Against that one Patriots. hurt you too. Because it that also, uh, you also had the over and that barely fell short. So that oh, was a close man, yeah. on both sides. That was actually, I, I, I forgot about that until you just mentioned it. That was actually a very tilting sort of outcome there. Just like the over barely missed and I barely didn't cover. Yeah. So it was man, a bad was week horrible. of bets, but uh, we see the board very similarly this week, which we will 
get to in our bet segment. Uh, DFS wise, we had a couple good calls, uh, not great overall. We didn't pay, you know, of all teams that we neglected, uh, my Chargers against the Jets. I'll, I'll take blame for that one. Somehow we didn't key in on Herbert and Keenan Allen against a banged up Jets secondary. We won't miss that one again, but yeah, that was kind of the big play. But we did have a pretty good call. We both agreed on the Vikings pass attack, and that came through in a big way for us. Yeah, that was pretty good. I mean, my DFS week was actually, I mean, it wasn't great because I played Adrian Peterson in both of my cash lineups, and uh, that did not work. I said I wasn't going to play him, and then you sort of convinced me to play him, so I played him, and I should have just stuck with my guns there but if i if i had cash both those cash lineups i would have i would have had a great week as it stands i you know i lost a little bit of money and i'm basically just reloaded for for this week so i'm gonna i'm gonna go all in this week all in push all the chips in the middle well we got a pretty fun slate to do that uh, i don't know if you like the slate as much as i do but i mean i just think it's interesting i feel like there's a lot of there's some different ways to go there's some plays that i'm sure people will disagree on out there but i kind of like the slate in general yeah, I think it's tough just because there's no bye weeks, so there's so many games. I mean, except for uh, Raven Steelers, obviously, um, and I, I, there are bye weeks. But basically, like every almost every team is playing, and so there's just so many options. Like the, you know, sometimes it's like sometimes there's only a few games with high totals on the board, and so you sort of know which games you need to target to win you the tournament. And it, with this one, there's like five or six games with fifty plus totals. So it's, it's going to be hard to find all the points. Yeah, it definitely could be a high scoring week. And, you know, there's just a lot of great options that are really expensive out there. So we got to work hard to find some cheap guys because whether it's, you know, quarterback or wide receiver or tight end, especially, you know, we're going to want to pay up at some of these spots. We're just going to have to pick and choose which ones, you know, make the best lineups. <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, with that said, we can go ahead and just jump right into the quarterbacks then because there's uh, some expensive names at the top here. You got Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes. I'll let you go ahead and, and start the analysis on these guys. Yeah. So I think the first decision we're going to have to make this week is at quarterback. And it's, uh, you know, these two guys are kind of in a tier of their own as far as pricing this week. Uh, it's in a, it's an interesting situation because Kyler has the much better matchup on paper going up against the Patriots who are 32nd in DVOA on defense. And then Mahomes going up against Tampa, who is number one, in pretty much all defensive categories for the whole season. And, you know, that's where it gets interesting because I actually like Mahomes a little more this week. Um, yeah, I mean, the Tampa defense, you know, it, it rates really well, but you can kind of throw that stuff out the window when it comes to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs passing offense. So I think what we see here is the Buccaneers are able to slow down three-name Clyde and the rushing attack for the Chiefs. But I think that just means we see even more Mahomes and, that just leads to more passes, which leads to more points overall and works out favorably for the game script as a whole. But yeah, I'm not too worried about the Buccaneers pass defense as I am the run defense. So I actually lean Mahomes here just because I think Belichick will be able to do a better job of making that game ugly and really slowing that game down. So give me Mahomes and what is a much higher total uh, compared to Kyler. How do you feel about these two this week? Yeah, I, I'm going to bring this up in the wide receiver section as well, because I think it applies to both. But I think that Mahomes is sort of like the ultimate gamble this week, even more so than most weeks where obviously Mahomes is usually a good play. But I think there's like a 50-50 shot that it if you if you give me Mahomes or <clears throat> or the field to, to make QB1 for this week, I, I think I'd probably take Mahomes over everybody else. Um, so the reason I say that is because we know that Todd Bowles has this unique blitzing strategy that basically only Todd Bowles utilizes, uh, where he blitzes on all downs and 
you know, he's always sending five or six people. And so it feels like it's either going to be like this Mahomes, you know, what happened? Why was he sacked eight times a week? Or it's going to be Kansas City picks up these blitzes and he's absolutely bombing passes downfield or getting the ball out to Tyreek quickly. And, you know, you're you're looking at a 180 yard and three touchdown day for for one of these wideouts because, you know, there's nobody there's nobody left. You know, the safeties are coming down to blitz. There's nobody left to 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 cover these these deep routes. So I think that Mahomes definitely has the biggest like boom potential on the slate, even more so than Kyler. And I usually think it's Kyler who has the, the highest ceiling. Yeah, it usually is going to be Kyler with the rushing upside, but I just think Mahomes, if he goes overlooked this week, you know, I don't think too many people are going to be like, are going to be more worried about the Tampa Bay defense than they are excited to play Mahomes. But if that even depreciates the ownership a little bit, I'm going to be in because, you know, the, Mahomes is matchup proof when it comes to opposing secondaries for me, at least, you know, he's got all his guys healthy. So it's going to be Mahomes over Kyler for sure. But the next uh, debate is pretty interesting because we have another tier of pretty much just two quarterbacks and they're going against each other, Ben. I don't know if you're familiar with these two quarterbacks, but uh, it's going to be Josh Allen and Justin Herbert, little uh, cash landing <laughs> rivalry week. I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I mean, what do you, what are you thinking is going to, what do you think is going to happen in this game? And then I'll kind of jump in what I think is going to happen here. Cause this is a, this is an exciting matchup with a pretty, with a pretty high total. I mean, I think it's going to be a, a high scoring game either way. Um, I think that the, though chargers have a more effective run game than the bills do. And for that reason, I think I could see the Chargers actually running the ball a little more, which could depreciate Herbert's value. Uh, you know, additionally, Josh Allen uses his legs more. Um, but just overall, I think that the game is going to be high scoring. I think both of these guys are probably going to get you there. I also think that they might be a little too expensive for um, what they're going to do this week, especially with some of the the cheap options that we'll get to later. But uh, yeah, I mean, if I had to pick one, I'm going to take Josh Allen, but I, I want to hear your reasoning and which one you'd rather have. Yeah, I think they're really, really close for me. So, you know, Josh Allen has going for him. The Chargers basically are trading out this week, Casey Hayward, for Chris Harris Jr., who's coming back. That's probably a wash overall. Casey Hayward's been pretty bad on deep balls this year. Chris Harris is pretty decent in the slot. So I think that's overall a wash. They're getting uh, Mel Melvin Ingram is out, but Joey Bose is coming back. You know, that's a little bit of an upgrade there, but obviously you would want Melvin Ingram to be there as well if you're a Chargers fan. But, you know, a bad thing for Josh Allen is going to be John Brown's not going to be there this week. And that actually has had an effect on Josh Allen's stats this year. He has not been as good without John Brown in the lineup. That probably is because teams are able to key in on Stephon Diggs more, who's kind of been the engine for that offense as a whole. As far as the Chargers go, you mentioned they might be able to run the ball a little more effectively than the Bills are able to. I don't know. I mean, they tried to run the ball against the Dolphins, and that was horrible. And then, you know, they kind of realize that maybe if they pass the ball more, they'll get more explosive plays down the field. Maybe that'll free up the run game a little bit. So maybe they'll try to run the ball. I still don't think that is the best way for the Chargers offense to move down the field. I would probably, it's basically a toss up for me when it comes to these two guys DFS wise. So because of that, I'll use the John Brown injury and the $400 price savings as my reasoning to probably lean Justin Herbert. But I mean, are we taking either of these guys more over Mahomes, you know, considering the price savings we would get? I don't think I am. I think I'd rather drop down to the next tier or even another tier down uh, overtaking these guys. I might take a little Josh Allen, to be honest. I'll probably have, a, I'll definitely have a Bills stack, you know, in there, especially because um, 
and again, we can get to this in the wide receiver section, but Gabriel Davis is like a pretty legitimate wide receiver. And uh, he sort of emerged as a John Brown light this season. So uh, if I'm going to stack the bills, that's a, that's a cheap option that lets me do other things. So um, I'll take Allen. Hope he gets a red zone rushing score. And I, you know, I, I just saw the jets hang 28 up on the chargers last week. So I think the bills can probably come out and, and, and score some points. Yeah, they definitely can. I'm going to have a lot of exposure to, you know, I'm going to try to mix it pretty evenly between Mahomes, Allen and Herbert at the top, but I mean, this is just us talking about the top tier quarterbacks because there are definitely cheaper quarterbacks who uh, we also like. And I'll let you kind of kick that off, Ben. Yeah, I think there's like a I think there's a third tier here and then even a fourth tier below it. So in the third tier, I've got Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill and Matt Ryan, who I think are all playable this week. Um, Bridgewater, you know, the Panthers have all of their weapons besides McCaffrey. It's the Minnesota defense that has not been scary all year and still is not very scary. Um if I want some exposure to, to this game specifically, I'm not going to take the Minnesota offense because I, I don't trust it without Adam Thielen. I mean, Dalvin Cook, obviously, but no other part of the offense I trust at all. Um, so I'm going to enjoy watching you know Teddy Bridgewater just absolutely sling it to Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel and Mike Davis and take my safe option. I think he definitely scores you know enough points to get you there in cash, and I think he has decent upside in a tournament for 6,300 with Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, I don't mind Teddy this week. I actually was a little, I didn't jot him down, but I was a little intrigued by, I feel like there's one more, you know, Robbie Anderson explosion game coming. You know, he started off real hot and then he cooled down just a little bit. He's still been getting a lot of targets, but they've all been, you know, really short targets, not much down the field stuff. I feel like he still has an explosion game coming. So maybe it is this week. Um, As far as Bridgewater, I do like him a little bit, but, you know, we're going to talk about Matt Ryan here in a second. And I think I just like Matt Ryan more. And, you know, I can't play every single quarterback on the slate. I do have to make some decisions. But if you want to mix in some Bridgewater, I don't have a problem with that because I do think there there are going to be some points scored in this game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and before we get to Matt Ryan, I just want to briefly say I like Taysom Hill at 6,200, and I like him only in one way. I like stacking Hill with Michael Thomas and then going elsewhere with your lineup. I don't like any other real part of the Saints unless you really want to stack Jared Cook sort of as a punt tight end because he's pretty cheap as well. Um, but Taysom Hill at 6,200, I, th- I just don't see any way he gets under 20 DraftKings points going forward for as long as he starts. They use him so much. He's going to run the ball. He's going to get 10 passes out to Michael Thomas for 100 yards. Like It's just going to happen because both you and I could make these passes to Michael Thomas that Taysom Hill is making. He's wide open on slant routes all the time. Um, so yeah, I mean, I like Taysom Hill at 6,200. I think he's, I honestly think he's a good cash game play. I don't see any way he goes under 20 DraftKings points for as long as he starts, just after watching how the offense worked against Atlanta. Yeah, I definitely think that's fair. Anytime, you know, you have a quarterback that's going to run as much as Taysom Hill is going to run in this game, it's always intriguing from a cash perspective and tournament upside, I guess, as well. Um, I probably am going to agree with you, though, is I'm probably not going to play Hill unless it's just in a Saints stack. And I do think a Saints stack will not be uh, very high owned this week. So maybe that is a good play if you're playing in large field tournaments and you're making a couple different lineups this week. Um, ben and I both talked about it, though. One of our favorite quarterbacks this week is going to be Matt Ryan. He's uh, 5,900 this week. He's going up against the Oakland Raiders back at home in Atlanta in the Dome. Uh, we know the Raiders offense has been, or the Raiders defense has been downright terrible this year. They're still struggling to get pressure on the quarterback, which is pretty big for Matt Ryan. He's starting to look a little bit like a, Phil Rivers lately, as far as pocket mobility goes, he's looking uh, he's looking a little bit like a traffic cone back there in the pocket. But the Raiders do not have too many guys to tee off on him besides maybe Max Crosby, who's pretty good. So 
with all that being said, I do think Matt Ryan is in a pretty good bounce back spot here. I know we tried to play him a, a week ago and maybe two weeks ago and he burned us, but this total is all the way up to 54. It's in the dome. I think both of these teams can go back and forth at a reasonable pace. So give me Matt Ryan with both of his uh, main weapons healthy, at least to start this game. Yeah, and I end with Gurley out. So, you know, the, the run game is even that much less effective. They might they might be throwing the ball even more. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I watched a lot of that, the Falcons-Saints game, and Matt Ryan just, it was, a lot of those were sort of coverage sacks. It was, I mean, he was just, he was going from option to option to option, shuffling his feet, doing what, you know, veteran quarterbacks have to do but he just there was nobody to get the ball out to and he took eight sacks in that game against the Saints uh we know the Falcons have offensive line issues however the Raiders are not the Saints at all so um I I totally agree that this is probably a very good bounce back spot for Matt Ryan at a at a cheap price point and if you wanted to go on the flip side of that game I wouldn't blame you either Derek Carr is only 5700 uh he's playing the best football of his life he has 108 passer rating on the year um, this is against Atlanta, who we know we've been picking on all year in a dome. I don't really think that Derek Carr is going to end up being QB one on the on this slate just because he hasn't shown the upside all year. But I would be surprised if he wasn't top five, and he's only fifty seven hundred dollars. I think if you stack Carr, Aguilar, and Waller, that's a great play as a with a Raider stack in a dome against Atlanta. And I think Carr is a good play just on his own if you want to pay up elsewhere. Yeah, I was looking at that as well. I do think it's a pretty good play. He still hasn't shown, you know, the 30, 35 point upside, even though, you know, watching him play, he's been playing like an explosive quarterback. They've been taking shots down the field. They've been throwing it at a decent clip, but he still hasn't had the explosion game. But maybe this is the spot for it this week if this game does turn into a shootout. So I do maybe like a game stack in the same lineup, uh, you know, maybe run Carr and Aguilar out there and try to run it back with Julio, Hayden Hurst, something like that. That could be interesting. But, you know, if you don't like those guys in the $59, $5,700 range, then we have two quarterbacks this week, $5,500, allowing you to do a lot of different unique stuff with the rest of your lineup. And those guys are going to be Daniel Jones and Ryan Fitzpatrick back in our lives with uh, Tua Doubtful this week. I like Daniel Jones a lot more before the Tua news broke just before we started recording the podcast. My argument for Daniel Jones would be Cincinnati's defense is 30th versus the pass this year. And they're also 30th in sack rate. And we know that Jones is, you know, a lot better when he's not under constant pressure with the shaky Giants offensive line. He shouldn't be under pressure this week. He's got all of his weapons healthy and ready to go. Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram, you know, all those guys. But I'm not going to lie. The game script does scare me a little bit just because I think the Bengals without Joe Burrow, this game could get really, really ugly as far as the Bengals offense go. And maybe they just try to, run the ball and you know the only way they're going to lose this game is Daniel Jones turning it over three times so they're probably just not going to allow that to happen so I like Daniel Jones as a flyer but I like Ryan Fitzpatrick more and I feel like you probably agree with me on that yeah I I think I do uh, especially after you going over the game script also I just want to say man what a fall from grace from Golden Tate I really thought Golden Tate was gonna like we don't even mention his name anymore on with the Giants and I (laughs) I thought he was gonna be like a really integral part of that pass offense but uh yeah no I, I like Fitzpatrick more as well and I especially like the Fitzpatrick Devontae Parker connection we know that uh you know they really have a good chemistry they really like each other I've been I've been upset that I can't really load up Devontae Parker anymore when two is in the lineup so when I saw two it was doubtful I got pretty excited I will definitely be running out a dolphin stack of Fitz Parker and then maybe even Burita if uh Miles Gaskin isn't activated off the injured reserve because somebody's got to run the ball out of that backfield and um 
I just think the backdoor Dolphins stack that's now been necessitated by injury is, is like actually a great tournament play. Yeah. I mean, you know, you don't have to talk me into $5,500 Ryan Fitzpatrick and a great backup. (laughs) Yeah. You've uh, been, you've been on it all year. Yeah. I'm going to be right there with you and having a couple of those lineups. So yeah, I mean, quarterback's interesting this week, man. There's a lot of different ways we can go. I feel like Mahomes and Fitzpatrick are probably my two favorite plays. And then I'm going to sprinkle in, you know, some some game stacks between the Matt Ryan, Derek Carr combo, and then, you know, Allen and Herbie. So there's a lot of different ways you can go this week, but that's how we feel about it, I guess. Yeah, I think I think we're on the sort of the same page there, actually. I think maybe I like um I like the Panthers and Saints a little more than you do, but that's I'm also gonna have to pay up a little bit for it. That's like a full thousand dollars more than Daniel Jones and Rafus Patrick. So, yeah, and when I, you know, when you decide to pay up or not at quarterback, that affects who you're gonna roll out of running back. So we might as well transition to there. I mean, obviously, the conversation we have to have at the top is Dalvin Cook is in a tier of his own this week with uh, Christian McCaffrey not going to be available again. Ninety five hundred dollars, Ben. They're really jacking up the price on us. They're daring us to fade him. But uh, I don't think I can do it in cash this week, maybe in tournaments, but I'm still going to have some decent exposure. I mean, we've been saying it all year, running backs against the Panthers have been very successful. And then on top of that, we've got Adam Thielen out this week for the Vikings. They are going to be running the ball even more than usual if that's possible. So yeah, Dalvin Cook in cash with the running back value that's become available. I, I think you pretty much have to play him in cash. Yeah, I mean, I think the only way he doesn't he doesn't get to like a level that you needed to get to is if he gets hurt and it ends up being the Madison show, which would be a shame. But um, I, he's he's expensive. You, I still have to roll him out in cash because somebody else is going to get the thirty five DraftKings points, and and I'm you know it's it's hard to find that same amount of production from two different six K players as opposed to the one ninety five hundred. So, um cook in cash for sure i will fade in tournaments i'll i'll look elsewhere in tournaments and hope that i hit the the grand slam yeah hope you hit the grand slam and then just hope it's not one of the cook you know 40 50 burgers that we've seen this year i'm not going to take that risk i'm going to mix my exposure a little bit but uh you know if you do an all-out fade and you know he goes for 15 or 16 points you are looking uh very good compared to the 50 percent of people that did roster him in tournaments and then you know as far as other options Ben, I'm really struggling with the next kind of tier, you know, all the way from Alvin Kamara down to James Robinson. I think you can find flaws in pretty much every single one of those plays. You know, Josh Jacobs could be intriguing, but the Falcons have been sneaky good against the run this year. Nick Chubb's in a good spot on paper, but, you know, Kareem Hunt is still there taking away touches. Mike Davis and James Robinson, I don't see either one of them, you know, breaking the slate. What are you kind of feeling in this range this week? You know, I do like some guys below this. So are you going to, ignore this range kind of like I am, or you have a couple guys you like in there? I'm not going to ignore it. I like two guys for sure. I like Nick Chubb just because he's he's been getting there regardless of Kareem Hunt's touches. He, he's had 100-plus yards in, in both of his last games, one of which was against Houston. The other one was against an actual like decent run defense, although I can't remember who he played. Like, oh, the Eagles, that's, that's what it was, um, who have a decent run defense. Um, and now, you know, he's, he's facing – Jacksonville which is an atrocious run defense so he should absolutely go 100 yards again and hopefully he can actually find the end zone um I also like Josh Jacobs I know that the Falcons have been sneaky good against the run but game script wise I could definitely see the Raiders try to grind up the clock and make it so that Matt Ryan can't really throw the ball as Burke just doesn't have the ball in his hands as much as possible so I could see a lot like a huge Jacobs workload for sure um I like those two guys and I like them enough to 
to play him in tournaments. Uh, as far as Chubb goes, I know Hunt is like a, is like a serious problem, but I'm definitely just going to take him in tournaments and hope he gets touchdowns. Because if he does, that's a that's a thirty point game because he's been getting, you know, he's been getting twenty carries for 115 yards for weeks now. Yeah, I mean, if you force me to take anyone in this range in tournaments, it was going to be uh, Nick Chubb for me, just because if he is the one to fall into the end zone this week and not Kareem Hunt, he's going to get the points because I agree with you. He is likely to get the 100 yards. It's more about the touchdowns and then the potential to get up there with, you know, 150, 170 yards. So I do think Chubb is probably a pretty good tournament play, even though, you know, there is some obvious risk there. Uh, you talk about Jacobs. I have to ask you, you know, you really, you seem to be of the mind that this might turn into a Josh Jacobs game. You also kind of like the Raiders sneaky passing attack. You know, I, I obviously agree. It's possible, you know, one of them gets there or one of them is going to get there. It's hard to know which one, which one are you more inclined to do between the passing attack or just rolling out Jacobs and some lineups? I, I think I'm more inclined to take the passing attack, but I'm also going to have some Jacobs to hedge my bets. And also because Jacobs catches passes. I mean, like I, I definitely would not be upset with, uh, Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs lineup. I think that that could actually work out really well for you. Yeah, it certainly could because at that point, you know, if the Raiders score 35 points, you're going to cash more than likely. And yeah, that's a good exactly. way to play it. It's just, you know, whether you want to craft your lineup to get first place, which uh, I definitely like, uh, you know, diversifying your exposure there in a matchup against the Falcons where we do expect to see some points. Um, you know, the next topic I think we probably need to cover is going to be the Chargers backfield this week. It's a little complicated because Austin Eckler looks like he might be ready to go for this one. He's been out with a really bad hamstring injury for a while. The thing is, Kalen Balaj also questionable. I think he probably will play. He did have a limited practice on Thursday. Usually when guys have a limited practice, as long as there are no setbacks, they are able to play on Sunday. Luckily, this is an early you know, 12 o'clock kickoff, so we will know. We will be able to decipher all this information in order to make our lineups before kickoff, but... There's a couple of reasons this is really important. And, you know, the first reason is narratives, Ben. This is a pro-narrative podcast. Eckler has done a lot of talking recently about being 100%. He feels better than ever. He's posted multiple multiple videos of him working out. He's also, scored, he's also posted multiple videos of himself talking about scoring fantasy points. That always uh, catches our attention when running backs are out there talking about their own fantasy value. Option B, uh, the reason... The next reason to roster Austin Eckler if the cards fall his way is the Chargers and Justin Herbert have been throwing a lot to the running back this year. And obviously, if it's Austin Eckler, that's just going to increase even more. And then, you know, last but not least, it's a pretty good spot. The Bills' run defense has been shaky. It's not anything to be afraid of. The game has a high total. And if it turns into a shootout, that's also good for Austin Eckler. So I guess what I'm trying to say is if Bellage is somehow out and Eckler's in, I might just go all in on Austin Eckler if it's true that he's ready to go. But you know, where it gets dicey is if they're both going to play, Ben. If, it, if they're both going to play, which sounds like what might happen, are you kind of just going to fade it, or what, what are you thinking there? I'm, I'm honestly just really hoping that they don't both play. It sounded a little bit to me, I mean, just the blurbs, you, you know more than I do, but the blurbs I saw sort of sounded like Eckler was trending to not play, but um, I, I, I could be wrong. I, if they both play, I'll probably play Eckler anyways because I think, he, you know, if he's healthy, He's just better than Balaj in every way. Um, if Eckler doesn't play, or I'm sorry, if one of them doesn't play, I am absolutely playing the other one. The other one is absolutely locked into my second running back spot. So I, that's that's kind of where I'm going. Either one of them is going to catch at least five passes at the minimum. And if it's Eckler, it's probably more like 10. 
Yeah, I think I think it is more like ten if it's Eckler. You know, I'm not going to lock in Balage if he's if he's active and Eckler is not. I'll definitely mix him a little bit, but I still think the Chargers probably figured out last week their best way to move the ball down the field is passing it pretty consistently. But uh, just one last thing I want to note: if we have any listeners out there that are playing in the dynasty league. I would go uh, make a bunch of trade offers to acquire Austin Eckler right now before he comes back from this injury because I really do believe watching this offense and watching Herbert, you know, throw the ball down the field, but also mix in a lot of checkdowns to the running backs and just how effective the offense is moving down the field when healthy. I think Austin Eckler is going to be like a stone cold running back one for multiple years to come. I think if you can snag him in a dynasty league right now, that is uh, the way to do it because I really like Austin Eckler for next year and years coming forward, just with what I've seen from Herbert in this offense specifically this year. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, you are the Chargers whisperer, so I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe I am the Chargers whisperer. If, if they actually listen to me, I need to start saying more positive things because that does not usually happen when I, I talk about the Chargers. But <laughs> one other guy who we like this, or at least I like this week, is going to be Ronald Jones. He's $6,100. Look, Leonard Fournette is starting to look pretty bad out there. He's starting to look a little beaten down. Ronald Jones has been the better running back all year. I think the Buccaneers know it. We know it. I think uh, we know that they're going to try to keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes this week. They're going to try to do that by pounding Ronald Jones as much as they can against a pretty weak Kansas City run defense. So I do think it will be a pretty solid Ronald Jones week in a game with a high total that the Buccaneers are going to have to try to establish the run. Yeah, I, I could also just see the Chiefs coming out to a quick lead and then the Buccaneers are just forced to you know use all three of those ridiculous weapons at wide receiver. I don't know. I'm, I'm probably fading Ronald Jones. That's just me. I like. I like some of the other running backs more, you know, everybody that we just went over and also some cheap guys. Yeah, I think it's definitely fair. I think the way to go in cash is to go, you know, Dalvin Cook and then some of the cheap guys we're about to talk about. Ronald Jones kind of is in that mid-range. But, you know, I am going to mix them into a few tournament lineups just in case they are able to establish the run like they want to. Because in that scenario, you know, the Chiefs' run defense is pretty gettable. So he could have a big day potentially. But I also agree it could turn into a complete shootout, and that is not great for him. Yeah, and I am going to say Kareem Hunt is sitting there at $5,600, which is cheaper than like Alexander Madison, which is a little ridiculous. But um, I, I just have to say that in the lineups that I don't have Nick Chubb, I am I have a good chance where I'm going to have Kareem Hunt in there. I think that Kevin Stefanski and the Browns, they just have no reason to throw the ball on Jacksonville. Baker Mayfield has been horrible lately. I think he will continue to be horrible. Um, I expect good days from both of these running backs. I think it's going to look a lot like the Houston bad weather game where both of these running backs just might have a hundred yards. The Jacksonville run defense is bad. Jacksonville is probably not going to score very much. You know, the Browns can just grind out another win and, you know, try and get Baker some confidence just in the win column. Yeah. I mean, it's always the same thing with these Browns running backs. It's whoever's going to, you know, get the touchdowns going to have some pretty good value. I'm probably just going to fade Hunt just because he does get slightly less usage than Chubb. So I'll probably just pay up for Chubb and hope it's his week, but I don't hate the call. Um, I just want to mention real quick, Naheem Hines, uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor got ruled out with, I don't know, some disease that apparently has been circulating lately. So uh, he's not going to be able to play this week, which means Hines absolutely torched the uh, Titans a few weeks ago. He's in line for a little more work as is Jordan Wilkins. So if you want to mix in a little Hines, maybe get crazy with Jordan Wilkins, I don't hate it because it is, you know, against the Titans defense. 
Yeah, I mean, and the Colts are going to run the ball, so it's it's one of those two guys. You just got to pick right. Yeah, and Hines probably has the upside just with the passing game. Um, yeah. My next guy here is going to be $5,000. It's going to be Wayne Gallman uh, for the New York Giants. Look, Gallman has five touchdowns in his last four games. He's established himself as the RB1 in this Giants offense. The Bengals are 23rd versus the run this year. I talked about it a little bit. While I am maybe a little intrigued by Daniel Jones in some tournaments, I think it's more likely that they're just going to come out and try to completely establish the run with Wayne Gallman, take the ball out of Daniel Jones' hands, knowing the only way they can lose is him turning the ball over. I think Gallman's going to see 20-plus touches in this game, and you know this could just turn into an ugly game with the Bengals' offense not being able to move the ball. Ugly games are usually favorable to, tie, to running backs, so, you know, Gallman at 5,000, I think, uh, you know, Dalvin Cook and Wayne Gallman is a pretty good start to your cash game lineup. Yeah, I was really surprised when when Saquon Bar- Barkley got hurt at the beginning of this year. Uh, I think we all remember when he got hurt last year and Wayne Gallman was like the the holy grail of the waiver wire. Wayne Gallman probably won people leagues last year. But then they went out and got Devontae Freeman instead of Wayne Gallman. I always thought Wayne Gallman was a better running back. Um, you know, now, especially Demonte Freeman obviously had his, his good years, but now I think Wayne Gallman is a better back. And so whatever, I mean, it, it's nice to see him get the job and, and get the usage. I agree. I think Wayne, Wayne Gallman is definitely a good cash, cash game. And there's, there's a chance he just punches in two touchdowns and we're completely wrong on, on any sort of giants air stack for sure. It's, it's always nice to hedge your bets like that and, you know, get both sides of an offense. Yeah, I agree with you there. And, uh, you like James White a little bit this week. We haven't talked about him yet this year. I do like James White. I like James White because I usually like playing James White, but I haven't this year because the Patriots, for some reason, have like five running backs on their roster, and I never know what's going on. But Rex Burkhead was out last week, and James White had nine targets. Rex Burkhead just went on the IR. So for 4500 if you can get a running back that gets nine targets, that's that's some pretty good value right there. I mean, I will admit the Cardinals' defense is much better than the Houston Texans, but Usually, like quality of defense is almost inconsequential to these PPR receptions out of the backfield. I mean, it's just a coaching scheme thing. If Bill Belichick calls it at the right time, they're not going to be ready for it. And James White could always break off, you know, big yardage on these out of the backfield catches. Yeah, he is uh, relatively safe this week. I will give you that. Um, It's going to be hard to play him over a guy like Brian Hill, who is $500 cheaper and is in line for a much more solid and dependable workload with Todd Gurley out this week. He's going up against the Raiders. We know that's a very nice matchup, especially for a running back at $4,000. He might be really, really, really chalky this week, which is one reason where maybe you can go leverage and just play the Falcons passing stack and just play Gallman or James White instead of Hill. But, you know, if Hill goes for, you know, 25 points at $4,000 and you don't have him, you're going to be at a big disadvantage in the rest of your lineup. So that's kind of a tough call to make this week. I think he's popular for a reason. He's going to get a lot of touches and a good matchup. But I think there is a little bit of a chance that this chalky play might not work out for everyone. And maybe you can just leverage the field with the Falcons pass attack. What do you what are you thinking here about the Falcons and their offense and Brian Hill specifically? I, I, mean, I think Brian Hill will get there for 4k i probably not 25 points but i think he'll get he won't kill your lineup like adrian peterson did for me last week anecdotally i I just i gotta talk about this has any of these handcuff running backs besides like chase edmonds and you know any of the non-elite handcuffs it feels like none of them have gotten there all year i like duke johnson didn't get there brian or i'm I'm sorry like duke johnson never got i guess mike davis is is the 
is the guy. But like Gio Bernard, I remember we were all in on Gio Bernard one week. He scored like twelve points. Like it just feels like none of these dudes are ever blowing up the way that we think they might. Yeah, no, I don't remember it happening this year either. Besides, you know, Mike Davis establishing himself as a really good backup running back. But, you know, I, I agree with you. And that's why I'm hesitant just to lock in Brian Hill. Like I've locked in all these replacement running backs earlier this year because, you know, they could still go out there and just get like nine points and not really do much for you. I don't think it's going to happen this week. Like I think Hill will be fine. I'm just not sure he's going to go out there and, you know, win us a tournament. So I think he's just more of a cash play. But at the same time, I say he might not win you a tournament, but at $4,000, if he gets 20 points, you know, that is enough to win you a tournament if you hit with the rest of your lineup and you'll have a lot of money to spend, which, you know, that's just why it's hard to fade these guys, even though we know Brian Hill, you know, he's not LaDainian Tomlinson, but he's 4K. So that's what makes it hard. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a weird sort of balance between running backs don't matter and why are these subpar running backs not scoring me any points all year? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I, I like the Gio Bernard one really surprised me because I thought Gio Bernard was going to catch passes and, you know, it was Joe Burrow. He's going to give it, give him the ball out of the backfield and just never happened. And it, it feels like it, it's happened every, every week. I'm playing some running back at, at four, at four to five K and, you know, he just doesn't do as well as a starter would, but whatever. I, I really shouldn't let it, I shouldn't let it phase me that much. The we we know the strategy. I honestly think that a Cook, Gallman, and then Hill in your flex, like I think that's a that's a great start to a lineup. Yeah, I think that's a really good start to a cash lineup. And obviously, you know that could obviously get there in tournaments as well. It just might be really chalky. But yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I do like all three of those guys. I'm going to go back to the well on these cheap running backs. But I, uh, you know, we got to diversify a little bit and. With all these cheap running backs, uh, we might be able to spend up at wide receiver, Ben, and we have quite the trio of wide receivers at the top, I think. Yeah, I, I, I'm paying up for at least one wide receiver this this week in, I think, every lineup. I don't think there's any way I go completely cheap at this position because there's, there's no way <laughs> that one of these like four or five guys does not just break the slate, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. And the first one I want to talk about is going to be uh, my boy Keenan Allen. Some reason I did not talk about him on the podcast last week and didn't even play him that much. That really came back to burn us because Ben, uh, the Chargers finally must have gotten some of my emails saying that you know eleven and twelve target games for Keenan Allen is cool. I said he should actually be getting like nineteen or twenty targets if the offense really wants to be efficient. And uh, sure enough, you know he got nineteen targets last week. He turned that into thirty-eight fantasy points against the banged-up Jets secondary. And I just think that they're going to establish going forward that Keenan Allen is the main guy in this offense. They're going to force the ball to him. He's the easy guy to force the ball to just because his routes are so good. He's always open. So it's not like you're risking these passes into these tight windows, which even though Justin Herbert can't do that. Um, Ben, you once said on a show we did together that Trey White is a top three corner and he's not number three. So I want to ask you, you know, how concerned should I be about Trey White? How's he looking this year? I believe Allen is pretty unguardable and that single cornerbacks can't really clamp him too much. But, I mean, you're the Trey White guy, so how, con- how concerned should I be? Trey White has been pretty good this year, but but from what I understand, Keenan Allen operates out of the slot like a lot, right? Yeah, correct. They move him around. He does both, but he definitely gets his fair amount of uh, snaps in the slot as well. So Trey White never moves to the slot. He only stays outside. They don't use him to shadow. Um and Teron Johnson is the Bills slot cornerback and 
um, Teron Johnson has given up the most. He's number one in yards per play out of the slot of any cornerback in the NFL. So uh, oh, if yeah. Trey White yeah. even does mitigate Keenan a little on the outside, I think the slot stuff makes up for it anyways. So I'm, yeah, lock and load Keenan for sure. Yeah, I mean, if the Bills are that bad at gov- uh, covering wide receivers in the slot, I would I would guess we will see a lot of Keenan Allen in the slot because he is absolutely disgusting uh, in the slot and he will get open all day. So I don't know. It's the Chargers. They might just, you know, come out and try to establish Kalen Balazs for three quarters and not let Herbert and Keenan Allen cook. But assuming they don't do that, then I think Keenan Allen's a really good play. If you think Keenan Allen at $8,000 looks crazy and uh, you're just not used to it, I suggest you get used to it because that's going to be Keenan Allen's price here for a couple of years to come because he's that good and uh, Justin Herbert loves him that much. Yeah, I, I will say that Trey White is probably going to be on Mike Williams a lot, and Trey White is very physical. That's actually a pretty good matchup for him, so maybe I'm fading Mike Williams, if anything. Like, if I'm doing a Chargers stack, that might be the one that I leave out. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. All right, uh, moving on. I see you have Tyreek Hill here at 7,800. I mean... Yeah. I, I, again, I want to reiterate what I said earlier. The Bulls defense just blitzes so much that I think there is a solid chance Mahomes is just getting Tyreek the ball quickly and he takes off down the field for 80 yards twice. I think there's like a legitimate chance that happens. Yeah. I mean, Tyreek Hill, I mean, just, just look at his game log. You know, we, we don't like to just look at game logs and make decisions based on that, but the dude is just on an absolute tear. You can see the Buccaneers pass defense is good, but when it comes to Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill, those guys are just such athletic freaks. The matchup kind of goes out the window, and $7,800 is expensive, but, man, Tyree Kill is killing it, so I'm definitely going to have some exposure this week. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, I mean, there's there's so many other guys up at the top here. Uh, uh, up at the top here, you got Stephon Diggs, you got Michael Thomas, you got Calvin Ridley. I like all three of those guys. I, I think if I had to fade one... It would be Stefan Diggs, which I hate to say. Yeah, that's kind of nuts. I don't I would not expect you to say that. I would probably fade Calvin Ridley and just try to leverage it with Julio, even though I do like that passing attack. But uh Stefan Diggs, he's I think the the argument to fading Diggs is the Chargers are just gonna lock in on him with John Brown out. He's just gonna see double coverage the whole game. But the Chargers secondary has been pretty bad lately. A lot of communication breakdowns, so I think Diggs will get open and uh, get the ball from Josh Allen pretty often in this game. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not fading any of them. Screw it. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing all three of these guys in in different lineups. I refuse to not have any ownership to any of these guys. And you're right, actually. So initially, I had I had written Cole Beasley in here uh, until you reminded me that it's Casey Hayward out, Chris Harris in. So Cole Beasley's probably gonna be taken away, and that's actually probably even more for Stephon Diggs. Now that I think about it. Yeah, I mean they're gonna they are gonna try to double team him. It's just like they're not gonna be double teaming him with K- Casey Hayward and Derwin James. You know what I mean? It's gonna be some subpar guys who are not you know as good as Stephon Diggs. Yeah. So that's my reasoning there. And then uh, yeah, Julio Jones is gonna be my preferred guy in the Falcons wide receiving core this week. He's a lot cheaper than Calvin Ridley is. He's only sixty five hundred dollars. You know you could probably only play Julio in tournaments because there are so many safer options. Julio has been going out with injuries somewhat often this year. He's been pretty sketchy just as far as his floor goes this year, but he still has the upside. He still is Julio Jones going up against a bad Raiders defense, $6,500. So yeah, if I'm going to play Matt Ryan, I'm going to stack him with Julio. He's going to be my guy there to pair with Ryan. 
Yeah, I mean, I will say Julio did not practice yesterday with his hamstring. He had a, he was limited Wednesday, Thursday, then didn't practice Friday. So uh, yeah, it's a I bad mean, that's, sign. That's a that's a bad sign. So he he might not be in there. If he's not in there, I like Ridley and Cash even more. I like Ridley as the Cash guy already, but um, I agree with you that Julio has the better ter- tournament upside if he plays. Honestly, at this point, if he plays, I don't know if I trust it. He's he's been playing hurt so much with hamstring issues that it's hard for me to roll him out if he's not practicing two days before game time. Yeah, it is. It kind of feels like a Deontay Johnson situation where he's just out after two drives and we're just sitting there sad that we have a zero in our lineup. Yeah. Anyway, on to, on to better things. And that better thing being Devonte Parker at 5,900. I mentioned it earlier. I love the Ryan Fitzpatrick Devonte Parker connection. I think there's a good chance he has, he catches two deep balls for two touchdowns against the jets who, by the way, are playing, their entire cornerback, like core, is they're all rookies. They have entirely rookie cornerbacks, and most of them haven't. They're they're in like their seventh career game. Yeah, no, I Keenan Allen was cooking rookies all week last week. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was hilarious. It was like that one game we watched when Keenan Allen was picking on that poor rookie for the Texans. It was like that the whole game. Lon, Lon, Lonnie Johnson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean Devontae yeah. Parker, he's he's solid, man. I I'm definitely gonna have some Fitz Parker, you know, just like you will. Yeah, for sure. And then uh yeah, my next guy is gonna be Antonio Brown. Look, I really, really like Antonio Brown this week. Um, he seems fully integrated into this offense. He's Tom Brady's favorite target, you know, which means he's my favorite wide receiver value this week. In his three games this year, his targets have gone five targets, eight targets, and thirteen targets last week. This game has a really high total, which I like. Antonio Brown's usage has been interesting. It's been a lot of short completions, but then there's also been some deep shots down the field to him that he just hasn't come up with yet. So that provides a really nice you know, floor and ceiling combination with the short passes and the deep balls being mixed in. I just think this is a good week where they're going to have to catch up to Patrick Mahomes. They might have to play from behind or just you know set the pace in general. I think this is the week Antonio Brown breaks out with 10 catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown. So I think my advice would be just play Antonio Brown with Tyreek Hill on Sunday and then pray for forgiveness later because you rostered Antonio Brown and Tyreek Hill in the same lineup. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, so again, I, I had Cole Beasley written down here at, at 5,500 below Antonio Brown. Um Aaron, by the way, did you have any idea that Cole Beasley released an entire studio-length rap album in in 2018? You know, Ben, I did not know that. If if I had to make a list of all the wide receivers that I believed would have dropped a rap album, Cole Beasley, you know, I'm not sure why. I think he would have been pretty far down on that list for me. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I listened to it. I listened to it all the way through. It's not that good. All the way through. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not horrible. Like, it's not like I was like, you know, I I wasn't actively just like, oh, this is this is terrible. But it, I mean, it wasn't anything special. Anyways, I had no idea about that with Cole Beasley, and I'm a Bills fan. And I I was just like going through Spotify one day, or I'm sorry, I was going through Cole Beasley's Instagram, and he was plugging his own album, and I was like, there's no way, there's no way this man. Anyway, it's like a 12 track hour long rap album from a self started record label. What's, what's the name of the album? Is it uh, First One of the Gym? Is that the name of the album? <laughs> Crafty, sneaky, <laughs> athletic, faster than he looks. Um, Cole Beasley had, so he had 13 targets and 30 points before the bye week. Um, 
I thought that because John Brown was out, he would be on the field a lot and he would be a good play, but it is going to be Chris Harris on him, which makes me not want to do it because Chris Harris legitimately locks down slot receivers. So initially I thought it was a great PPR play in both cash and tournaments. Now I'm probably just going to fade because Chris Harris scares me. Yeah. I mean, Chris Harris, you know, it's his first game back, so he might be a little rusty. Cole Beasley is, you know, you know, jokes aside, he's very hard to guard. He is literally very crafty in the slot. He is literally just hard to keep up with. But $5,500, I mean, I love Antonio Brown so much this week. I would find the $200 every single time in that scenario. And that's just, you know, that's just me personally, but there's no way I'm not going to find the $200 and just pay up for Brown, who I think might go for 35 this week. Yeah, or you could save $400 and, and get Curtis Samuel, who both you and I are you know, we think he should be priced higher and we've, we've thought that for weeks now. Yeah. I mean, he had the one dud, but besides that three out of his last four games have been really, really good. You know, the usage has just been there and with the usage has come productivity because we talked about it before. Curtis Samuel is just a really, really good football player. They use him a lot as they should. And, you know, $5,100, he just, he probably should be a thousand dollars more expensive, I think. Yeah, and I mean the interesting thing is sometimes he, especially with McCaffrey out, he he lines up as a as a running back and they just hand the ball off to him, which is, you know, not not ideal for fantasy. It's uh, he usually gets like three or four rushing attempts a game, but it, it is interesting for sure. Yeah, I mean from a drafting perspective, you don't really care how he gets the touches as long as you know he's getting his you know eleven to fifteen touches. That is going to be really good at this price range. Yeah, it, it's amazing how the how the Panthers spread the ball out. I mean, if you wanted to take Bridgewater, Samuel, Anderson, that would be relatively cheap, and you could do a lot of other things. And that's like a you know, all three of those guys have been getting it done lately. Yeah, I do kind of like that idea. Another sneaky team I kind of like this week might be the Colts. Um, I talked about it. Jonathan Taylor got ruled out. That might hurt the run game a little bit. We saw the passing game do really well against the Titans a couple weeks ago, including Michael Pittman had a really big game. Pascal's questionable, so you know he might play. If Pascal's out, I really do like going back to the well with Pittman this week, and I think you can play him, you know, regardless. But I just wanted to note Pittman because if Pittman, you know, if we're just sitting there on our couch on Sunday and all of a sudden Pittman has twenty six points, I'm not going to be like shocked. No, not at all. I'm probably playing Pittman either way, actually, Pascal or not. I think Pittman's a great play this week. Yeah, glad with you're in agreement uh, with me there, Ben. I we already talked about it a little bit, but yeah, I mean. With John Brown out and the Chargers secondary paying extra attention to Stephon Diggs, but at the same time not being very good, I knew either Gabriel Davis or Isaiah McKenzie would warrant some uh, talk this week. And yeah, so it's Gabriel Davis for you 100%, right? It's not even close. So in the other two weeks that John Brown has missed this year, Gabriel Davis played 95 and then 100% of the offensive snaps. So Gabriel Davis is the guy when John Brown's out. He's also sort of like a red zone route running type guy. Sometimes Gabriel Davis just vultures a touchdown even when everybody's healthy. And he's just like a legitimately good wide receiver. So um, I'm definitely going to have some Gabriel Davis. Yeah, I'm probably going to mix in a fair amount of Gabriel Davis. I think he's going to be sneaky. I think people are going to, you know, not really pay much attention to John Brown being out. And if they do, they're just going to double down on Stephon Diggs and not really think about a wide receiver too. But man, a game with that high of a total and a good matchup, I think Gabriel Davis could have, you know, tournament winning upside this week for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think Gabriel Davis should be priced like Christian Kirk and he's $2,000 cheaper. So, you know, do with that what you will. Yeah. The price is super nice this week. And uh, with that, I'll let you go ahead and take us into tight end here. I kind of just jotted down some, some game theory thoughts on tight end as far as the tiers go. So, you know, what are you thinking at the very top? Yeah. I mean, it's uh, Kelsey and Waller are obviously always 
enticing. Um, I think both of them are completely fine plays this week. I mean, I mentioned that Todd Bowles is going to be blitzing a lot, and so Patrick Mahomes is going to have to find people short, and that's sort of you know the bread and butter of Travis Kelsey. So that could definitely work out for you. But I really also like Darren Waller. I might pay up for Waller without Carr and without any of the other Raiders. Um, I just really like the matchup against Atlanta. It's in a dome, and I I can't get a a real read on the rest of Carr's targets. I think some of them might go to Jacobs and Aguilar, but um, Henry Ruggs looks like a better football player than Aguilar. He's just not being used the same way. I don't know. The Raiders are so weird to me, but the one thing I do understand about the Raiders is Darren Waller, and so I I might just pay up for Waller in, in my tight end slot. Yeah, I'm kind of in agreement with you this week. Um, I don't. I mean, I honestly don't know if you like the mid range and cheap tight ends as much. Uh, I definitely don't like them too much this week. I'm gonna pay up for Kelsey and Waller as much as I can this week. I might not be able to do it in every lineup because you know we talked about the really expensive wide receivers that we both like this week. But any chance I get to jam in either Kelsey or Waller, I'm probably just gonna do it because they're both in really good spots this week with games with high totals. So. Yeah, I just think in a tight end position that is so unpredictable, if you can pay up for the two guys that are predictable and are very good, that might be just a, the best way to play it this week. Yeah, the, the only way, there there are two ways that I do not pay up for either of those tight ends. It's if I'm not paying for any of the mid-tier guys, Cook, Henry, Ingram, unless it's in a stack, I'm not paying for, for any of those dudes. Um, if Tyler Higby is out, I'll play, I'll play Ger- Gerald Everett. And if he's not, then I'm going to pivot to whichever 49ers tight end is playing. So if, if Jordan Reed is playing, I'm playing Jordan Reed. If he's not, I'm playing Ross Dwelly. Other than that, it's Kelsey and Waller for me this week. Yeah, I mean, I have Hunter Henry and Evan Ingram. Just if you land on that price range and you absolutely love the rest of your lineup, they're fine. But they're probably not going to win you a tournament. Um, Kyle Rudolph, you know, it's officially Christmas season. So we can queue up all the Rudolph narratives. If you were wondering if this <laughs> podcast is above... Rudolph Christmas puns were not, or at least I'm not. I don't want to speak for Ben too much. I, you know what? I mean, I, I didn't even think about it that much until you just said it. But, I mean, Thielen is out. Cousins is probably going to be throwing the ball. They do run two tight ends all the time. I could see Rudolph or Irv Smith having a, a surprisingly, you know, solid game with a touchdown in there. Yeah, well, I think I should have jotted it down, but I think Irv Smith might be out this week. And so, oh well, then that's that's even bigger. For yeah, me. I mean, okay. double check that um, after you listen to the podcast. But if Irv Smith is out, like I think he might be. Yeah, I mean, it just could be a big Rudolph week. They're going to pay a lot of attention to Justin Jefferson, and they're going to try to take away Dalvin Cook. They probably won't be able to because he's a monster. But yeah, I think Rudolph will see some targets this weekend. You know, it's it's not Thanksgiving anymore; it's Christmas season. So you know, Rudolph is playable. <laughs> I love that narrative. Anyway, I, I really do like the 49ers tight ends. I, I just, I want to, I mean, 49ers tight, tight end is a great place to be and they're both going to be cheap. So especially if it's Jordan Reed, I mean, Jordan Reed is actually a talented football player. Um, yeah, and he's I only, agree with you. You know, mid 3000. So with that, we can move on to our, to our stacks. We mentioned a lot of stacks up here. Um, so I'll, I'll let Aaron go ahead and start off. We have we have our chalky stack and our and our sneaky stacks, and I'll let Aaron go ahead and take his. Yeah, my chalky stack is going to be one that Ben you know named exactly earlier. It's going to be Cook paired with either Wayne Gallman, Brian Hill, or both. I really like that cash game core as far as running backs, and then just Mahomes, Kelsey Hill. You know, pairing Mahomes with either Kelsey or Hill, if you can do both, that's crazy, but that's probably a good idea. Um, those are my favorite <laughs> chalky stacks this week. Yeah, my uh, my chalky stack is definitely the Chiefs air stack as well. Mahomes, Kelsey Hill. I mean, come on now. 
Uh, I also really like the Bills air stack mostly because you could take Allen uh, Diggs and then go cheap with Gabriel Davis. And that actually allows you to do some other stuff elsewhere because Gabriel Davis is only 3K. Um, I also like um, the start of Justin Herbert to Keenan Allen and just completely fade Mike Williams, but take Brian Hill as well just to you know get the cheap floor in there so that you can go elsewhere with the lineup. I think those are good cores to start your lineup with. Yeah, I agree with you there. And then uh, Sneaky Stacks. Um, I don't know if the Falcons count. You know, They could actually end up being chalky. I have a hard read on ownership this week because – there's just a lot of interesting plays out there, but the Falcons passing attack, I guess would say fade Brian Hill and load up on Julio and Calvin Ridley with Matt Ryan. That should be contrarian. So I kind of like that idea. And also the Colts and the giants, um, I think are also worth some tournament flyers as far as, you know, Michael Pittman, Darius Slayton, you know, Phil and Daniel Jones. I think those guys could all be an explosion spot just because it is great matchups and they should go overlooked a little bit. Yeah, and uh, my sneaky stacks, definitely the Dolphins air stack, Fitzpatrick, uh, Parker, 100%. And if you wanted to throw Brita in there, I wouldn't be mad at you. Somebody's got to carry the ball out of the backfield um, and catch passes out of the backfield, actually. But I, I also really like the Panther stack. I talked about it, Bridgewater, Anderson, Samuel especially. I think maybe this is the DJ Moore fade week. Um, and the Giants. Uh, I agree with Aaron on the Giants. Daniel Jones, Slayton, and Shepard, and maybe even Golden Tate, because Golden Tate is extremely cheap. Yeah, okay, so those are all our stacks for the week. Um, with that, I'm ready to move on to our bets. As we mentioned, it was a very bad week last week. That makes us bounce back week. Uh, ben and I do not often look at each other's bets before we make our own this week, and we did not this week, but uh, we're just going to give you a little warning here. We saw the board very similarly this week, which... Is either going to work out really well or really poorly for us. But usually when we're on the exact same page about something, I mean, we're pretty smart guys. If both of our minds lead us to the same thing, it's probably for good reason. Don't you think, Ben? I, I do think I, it was really funny, actually. You know, I wrote, I literally did not look at a single one of your bets, wrote all my stuff down. Then I scrolled up and I was like, oh. <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> give. Yeah, the Spider-Man. We have the same bets, but you know, whatever. I'll let you go ahead and start it. Yeah, so I do like the Cardinals minus two and a half this week at the Patriots. Uh, I'm going to bet 110 to win 100, the standard minus 110 here. Look, the Cardinals are coming off a Thursday night game. They're getting some extra rest. They're fully healthy on offense. They've got Drake and Edmonds. They've got Christian Kirk, DeAndre Hopkins. Everyone's ready to go. Um, The nagging shoulder injury doesn't seem to be too much of a problem for Kyler here. I think the Houston Texans put the nail in the Pats' playoff hopes uh, last week. So the Pats don't have much to play for here. The Cardinals have a ton to play for. They're right in the middle of a playoff race. I just think there's too many weapons here for Kyler. The Pats' defense is 32nd in defensive DVOA. I think Cam Newton is due for a couple turnovers in this spot. So, yeah, I mean, the Cardinals, by by more than a field goal, I, I really like that this week. I my first bet is literally the exact same bet, although I bet two hundred to win one hundred eighty one dollars. So I actually I bet double the amount. It's a better offense, better defense. Everybody's completely healthy. Stephon Gilmore has been bad. It's just I mean, if you're taking if you're giving me the Cardinals to win by a field goal, I'm definitely taking the Cardinals to win by a field goal. I'm not going to overthink it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and into my next one because my bet was the same as yours. So. My next one is actually a single game parlay. This is the first time I'm doing this this year. I'm taking the Panthers money line and the over in the game, which is the point total set at 50. So this is plus 358 odds on a two-leg parlay, betting $100 to win 358. So 
the Panthers are the underdog in this game. Um, and as much as I said last week that I believe in second half Vikings, I don't really believe in second half Vikings with Adam Thielen out. So I think Thielen being out is huge. Chad Beebe and Ola BC Johnson can be covered by anybody in the NFL. And the Panthers do have a lot of cornerbacks that fall under the umbrella of anybody in the NFL. So I think Dalvin Cook's going to eat, but I think Cook can still eat and the team can lose. I think the Panthers offense is so dynamic and awesome and fun to watch. They're the most fun four and seven team I've ever seen. I definitely, I think the game goes over because of the Panthers offense. And I think they win something resembling a shootout. Yeah. I mean, I like it. You're, you're calling your shot here. You know exactly how the game is going to play out. So why not? Why, why make one bet when you know the total is going to hit as well? So a lot of confidence there, a hundred to win three fifty-eight on one bet. That's that's a big call there. I do like it. I agree with you. Thielen is a really big deal for that offense. That Cowboys loss was just gut wrenching. They had won like three or four games in a row. They had a lot of momentum, and then you lose at home to the Cowboys and Andy Dalton. You know your season's over. I don't really know how you come back from that one. The Panthers should be up for that game because Matt Rule is just a really good coach, and he's been getting them up for all these games. All their weapons are healthy, so. I do agree with you there on that one. Um, my my bet this week is going to be my favorite bet this week is going to be a two team six point teaser. It's the Browns teased down to minus one, the Giants teased down to a money line bet. I'm going to pair those together. I'm going to bet two forty to win two hundred. My big bet of the week. Look, I still don't think the Browns are that good, but I do like the Browns against really bad teams with no pass rush, and the Jaguars are a really bad team with no pass rush, and they are starting Mike Lennon this week. I oh, just the giraffe himself. Yeah. The, the big giraffe. Exactly. The big one, the big giraffe. I'm not scared of the big draft this week. I think the Browns are just going to ride Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt to another victory this week. And then, I mean, the Bengals without Joe Burrow, if you want to picture the Bengals without Joe Burrow, you can just remember last year when the Bengals were absolutely terrible, which allowed them to get Joe Burrow. They are very bad. I mean, the, the quarterback they're starting is going to be under constant pressure. The Giants uh, front seven especially is very underrated. They've been getting a lot better throughout the year. I think Wayne Gallman's going to be able to run the ball. I think Daniel Jones will hit some big plays in the play-action game. So, yeah, the Giants are not going to lose this game. They have a lot to play for somehow just because the NFC East is so bad. So, yeah, give me the Browns and the Giants this week, 240 to win 200. Uh, breaking news, Aaron. Chargers running back Austin Eckler has been activated off injured reserve. Let's go. Let's go. Next notification, Kalen Balaj has been activated to the injured reserve because we need Austin Eckler to be free because that is a big deal. I'm very excited. And Vikings tight end Irv Smith has been downgraded to out. Oh, I knew it. It is in fact Kyle Rudolph season. Yeah. Yes. Christmas season is upon us. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, that's huge. So if, if Balazs is out, I think Eckler's a lock. If Balazs is in, I still like Eckler a lot. If Balage is out and there's any type of report that Austin Eckler is like 100% healthy and ready to take back his workload, I might play Austin Eckler in every single lineup because I think he's going to go overlooked. And just the usage I've seen to them passing to the running back spot and just Eckler's overall effectiveness in games with this to- this high total, I am going to load up so much Austin Eckler this week if Balage is out. So, you know, we'll just cross our fingers. If not, I'm still going to mix in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the problem is you you described your your favorite parlay, your big money parlay. That is also my can't lose parlay, although mine is just straight up money line. Well, my, mine is around. mine is a can't lose teaser. Big difference there. I'm, I'm getting yeah. The, you're getting the extra you're, point, and I'm paying a little bit less for it. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Yeah, I mean, mine's just a straight-up money line parlay. It's the same thing. I really, honestly, I wanted to throw the the Seahawks in there because um, the the odds sort of sort of worked out to where I really wanted to throw it in. I think it probably makes sense over the long haul. But just looking at the Seahawks Eagles match on paper, I think it might actually be a super letdown spot for Seattle because they can't get pressure on Carson Wentz. And I think Car- that this might be the the game where Carson Wentz sort of shows up and reminds people like what he looked like two years ago. Saves his reputation for at least one week where he's allowed to go yeah. out in public without being shamed. So, so I was definitely scared enough where I was like, I think the Eagles might actually win this game to where I just didn't th- didn't put it in there and made it a can't lose parlay instead of a three leg. Yeah, I mean, I like the awareness there by you just to recognize, hey, I'm not just going to blindly throw this team to this team into a can't lose parlay because. I kind of feel like they might lose. So I do like that uh, that awareness by you. <laughs> All right. So, oh, that's pretty good. so we've got the same can't lose bet this week. Um, my, my next bet is going to be another two-team six-point teaser. But I'm going to do some totals here. I'm going to do a couple overs looking for some points here. I'm going to take the cash landing bowl, um, Chargers versus the Bills, over 47. And I'm going to take game of the week, Chiefs versus the Bucks, over 50. So a couple big... High-profile games this week. We're going to root for a lot of points. I'm going to bet 120 to win 100. Look, I just think the cash landing bull, I think both of our quarterbacks, we love them for a reason. They're both very good. I think they're both going to be able to move the ball. I'm not scared of either defense. And I just think it turns into a little bit of a shootout. Austin Eckler being active only helps this bet. And then as far as Chiefs and Bucks go, I just think I'm not – I think the Chiefs offense is going to be able to move the ball here. And I think with all the weapons healthy for the Bucks, I think Brady's able to get up for this game. I think they are going to be able to run the ball a little bit just to help them move the ball in general. I think they'll be able to keep up with Mahomes here. So I think that's easily going to go over 50 points. So yeah, I'm going to bet 120 to win 100 on these big name games going over their uh, teased totals. Yeah, no, I, I have no problem with that with that bet. I, I, I haven't. I think maybe like the Bills defense shows up, but that just might be my uh, my fandom talking. I haven't been very good this year. Yeah, that's hilarious because my fandom was thinking like, oh, maybe the Chargers are able to slow down the Bills with John Brown <laughs> being out. Maybe they can key in on Stephon Diggs. Like that was my only concern. So, I mean, yeah, that could be getting in the way of our analysis of this game a little bit, but I just, I feel like the Bills are going to win like 35 to 31. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I... I could see the honest, I could see the game going either way, but I, I, I do agree that it's more likely to be high scoring than not. Yeah. Okay. So you got another bet for me here? I don't. I only had three bets. Oh, this, that was this all of you, them. man. All right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you, you talked about two of my bets. So I did, I, <laughs> all I could do is sort of tail on those. But yeah, I only have three bets because I have two $200 bets and a $100 bet. Sorry, I did not leave you the analysis to, you know, let you sound really smart. I assure you, Ben is just as smart as me uh, when it comes to these picks that we agreed on. I, uh, I do have one more bet left. I have $30 left, so I'm going to make a little get-rich three-team parlay. I'm going to agree with Ben here. Panthers plus 140 money line, all the same reasons Ben just mentioned. Um, Bears plus nine and a half at the Packers Sunday night football. Look, the Bears coming off a bye. They've had a lot of time to prepare. I really like the Bears defense. We know the Packers can sometimes struggle against these really physical defenses. The Bears do have a physical defense. It is Thanksgiving week. Mitch Trubisky is playing. We have made references to Thanksgiving Mitch. It is not Mitch on Thanksgiving, but it is Mitch on Thanksgiving weekend. So I'm going to just give him a little bit of credit there. (laughs) He's Thanksgiving adjacent. Yeah, Thanksgiving adjacent, you know, belly full of turkey, Mitch Trubisky. 
<laughs> is going to put up enough points to keep the Bears within plus nine and a half here in what I think is a kind of low scoring game. And then I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus three and a half. I just think this is the probably game of the year, you know, for the Buccaneers. Even the last time we said it was game of the year for the Buccaneers, they lost by they lost to the Saints by 800 points. But I don't think that happens again. They're at home for this one. I really like them plus the I don't really like them, but I like them enough to throw them in my long shot parlay plus three and a half. I just think Ronald Jones is going to have a big day on the ground. I think Antonio Brown is going to have a big day in the air. I think Tom Brady gets up for this one just in general. They get enough sacks to slow down Mahomes enough for me to put them in this long shot parlay. So that'll be 30 bucks to win $221 on the Panthers money line, Bears plus nine and a half, Buccaneers plus three and a half. So yeah, Ben, who do you think loses that one for me? Man, it's definitely a long shot parlay. Um, I think it's the Bucks, honestly. Yeah. I, I I mean, they already didn't show up in the last game of the year. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I they're just either not showing up again. There was some talk, though, that, you know, the Buccaneers are very bad in primetime this year that might be correlated to Tom Brady going to bed at 8.15 every night. So these primetime games roll around, and he's just usually going to sleep. This game is not yeah. in primetime, so he should be awake, you know. I think that makes a little bit of a difference here. You have no idea how funny it would be if the man is actually just too old to play football at 8.30 p.m. because it's Miller time. (laughs) I mean, they cut to him on the sideline. It's like 9.30 and he's just like dozing off looking at the tablet. (laughs) How great would that be? Oh, God, that's I that's that might be that's one of my new favorite narratives for sure. Yeah. Add that one to the Uh, list. Yeah. All right. Well, with all that said, I think that's probably it for our week 12. This is week 12, right? I do believe this is, in fact, week 12. They're all starting to run together. The Chargers are not making the playoffs, so I'm upset about that. But <laughs> we've got DFS and bets, so it's going to be a profitable week for us. Just if I think this is probably my favorite week to recommend. You know, Go a little crazy. Make a bunch of lineups because there's a lot of different game theory plays. There's a lot of stacks out there. There's a lot of good quarterback and cheap running back plays, so... You know, I recommend go a little crazy this week, make a lot of lineups, and I feel like our listeners are going to hit some big lineups this week. Yeah, usually I try and, like, enter the Millionaire Makers. I'm probably not going to do that this year. I'd rather just do, like, small tournaments and try and, you know, cash a ca- cash a big one just by diversifying my portfolio as much as possible. Yeah. But anyways, um, all that said, there still, haven't, there still hasn't been quite enough dominoes to fall in the NBA to warrant an emergency podcast. We're still waiting for something really huge to happen. Um, the draft did happen. We should probably recap all that stuff at some point. Aaron and I will get together and figure out when, when we're going to do that. But, you know, be on the lookout for that. Other than that, I uh, hope everybody had a, had a great Thanksgiving. Everybody has a good week of betting. Um, yeah, that, that, that's all I got. Yep. Good luck, everyone.